Should we start the show? I, da- I, mean, I dare you. Why not? Hello, friends. I'm Barbara Walters. Say hello to my co-host, Whoopi Joy, Elizabeth and Debbie, and welcome to another electrifying edition of Strike Force 5. Just we definitely had a conversation. About yeah. this. I think when you start, yeah. I think at the top of the show, that's fine. There's right. an interesting twist as far as that sound effect goes involving Seth that it comes from our mailbag that I'm going to get into in a minute. Okay. This is our sixth episode. The celebrations around the world have been, I think, overwhelming for all of us. And so we want to thank you for listening. Uh, Not only are we doing this to financially support the great people we work with, but also our families are weary of us when we have nothing else to do. Our sponsors have been exceptionally generous. And this is really something. Today we have a rare Ryan Reynolds twofer because both of his companies, Mint Mobile and Aviation American Gin are our presenting sponsors. It is a double Deadpool today, and I want to thank Ryan. Once again, Canadians are the best, and I want to thank all our sponsors whose messages you will be hearing throughout the show. All the money we make from them goes to our coworkers who've been unable to work since the beginning of May because of the strike, so thank you. And thank I you. also want to say happy birthday to our Strike Force friend, James T. Fallon Jr., who turns yeah. 49 today. Thank you very much. Jimmy oh. Jr. Birthday, big birthday. birthday. How will you buddy. celebrate, Jimmy? Uh, you know, I think, uh, I'm not kidding, I think I was thinking about this, and I think I'm going to just wait and celebrate on the 50th. <laughs> <laughs> no party, nothing. I, I, I just feel like, I don't know, I think 49, you go, well, just wait one more year and just go for it next year. I didn't know know. you were a junior until this birthday thing, and I'm wondering why we haven't called you Jimmy Jr. the whole time. Or JJ. We have middle, different middle names, me and my dad. My dad's name is Jim, but interestingly, it was, you know, and my mom's name is Gloria, and my sister's name is Gloria. So we're Jim, Gloria, and Jim and Gloria. Is that What's the T stand for, Jimmy? Uh, uh, Thomas. You had to think, think of a about joke. that. <laughs> that well, I was thinking about a joke. It's interesting. <laughs> no, Thomas Thaddeus, was funny. I was thinking Thomas Thaddeus. was funny. <laughs> Thomas was funny. Thank you, sir. Like the English muffins. <laughs> That's just off the top of my head. I come up with these jokes. Thomas. At the beginning of this podcast, we solicited questions from the listeners, and we said, you know, write us at questions at strikeforce Five. Dot com, and then we never answered any of the questions that they sent in. So well, I thought that might be a fun thing to do today. Kimmel, are any of these questions from uh, psychiatrists? Because I do wonder if this podcast is interesting pathologically to some people as well. I don't know, but I bet we'll get some now that you mention that. There are some psychotics that have written us, and we appreciate those notes too. Always. And trust me, we're seeing all of them, so keep the crazy coming. I just want to say also people have, you know, sent nice messages via social media about the podcast, including one person who said, based on the photo, this is a terrible remake of Wild Hogs. <laughs> uh, have you guys listened to this? I know we've listened and edited, but I actually listened to it uh, with, with my wife, and it's very enjoyable, our podcast. I, oh, good. All right. Well, write us and tell us, will you? <laughs> well, I mean, I'd like to. There is a channel for feedback, Thomas. Uh <laughs> <laughs> this is Strike Force Five. Okay. 
Okay, thank you for mentioning that, Jimmy, because we'll start with the first question, which is about Seth. It says, quick question about the thunderclap after every mention of Strike Force 5. Does it infringe on Seth Meyers' bid where there's thunder and lightning every time he mentions former political advisor Stephen Miller? Interesting, mm-hmm. Seth. I mean, I think it's interesting that I chose to take the high road and not call you out on for what? stealing my bit. Oh. <laughs> is, I think of it as our bit now. Oh, yeah. right. It's our bit. Yeah. But it you is know, interesting. I would only say it only happens once a show, and mm-hmm. then I would say probably one show every six months. So I would think on the frequency... That would be, again, I didn't hate it the first time you played the Thunderclap. To me, I want the, to really stress. The frequency is the magic, though. <laughs> oh, no, no that's I, coming across. Yeah, the I know what you returns. think the magic is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you, the listeners, uh, maybe it's just a reaction to your disdain for the Thunderclap, but the listeners seem to really like it, and are even writing it into the texts of their emails. I want to start with a question that is, first of all, we get a lot of repeat questions. We, we Like, which one of us would win in a fight? People asking us for jobs. People asking for merch. Um, a lot of people asking about Trump. A lot of people wanting video. Are people, literally, really the, are people literally asking for jobs? Don't oh, they know lots of them. we don't have jobs right now? They don't <laughs> seem to be aware of that. That's The, the moment point this of, podcast stops, jobs are available. Okay. Lots right. of soccer questions for John, and I mean a lot of soccer questions oh, that, for John. I'm actually happy to engage in those. We call it football, <laughs> but yes. So this is something, I don't know if you guys saw this, and we taped this podcast, so we're not exactly topical right now. In fact, we taped this one on Easter of last year, but... And we also, I should note, we all tape it five different times. So we're not actually all doing this. It's very We have together. to listen to questions, record our answers. Yes. This is like Paul Mike McCartney and Stevie Wonder doing Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> Ebony and, and Ivory. We were never in the studio. Yeah. Yes. Right. The Frank Sinatra duets album, times uh, five. The Beatles were never in the same studio together. That's what people don't know. They met at John's funeral. <laughs> I never heard that theory. That's a great piece of trivia. Oh, I've yeah. been listening very to Breakfast few, with the Beatles for years. Very few people I, know that. Yeah. There was a little controversy on the uh, internet. It's over this article about Martin Short. And this person says and asks, is Martin Short as funny off stage as he is on your shows? Did you guys read that? No. Piece? I, did not, or I don't know. Did, yeah. I did not read piece, that piece. I think is what you would call it. So a guy. Who wrote this piece? I don't know. What was it in? It was on Slate. And it was a writer who, at first I thought, oh, he must, this must be a troll. He must be kidding us. He must be writing this just to get everybody upset because it's so outlandish. But he wrote a, a story criticizing Martin Short saying he wasn't funny. What? Yeah. I There's should know. There's no way that. It was, look, we obviously all disagree with the piece. It had a great outcome, which is all people have been doing is tweeting about how funny Martin Short is. If anything, it has led to a celebration of one of our funniest human beings. Gosh, Martin Short is one of the funniest, might be the funniest human being I've ever met in my life. He's one of the few people who's so funny that I'm tongue-tied around him. I've I've had him on twice and didn't do a good job because I just wanted to look at him and say, Martin Short, holy shit, it's Martin Short. He makes me cry. We did one thing on the show and he came in. This was at his show, actually. It was a Broadway show. And I had to do this thing. I went on stage with Martin Short and he was Jimmy Glick. And he goes, oh, my God, look who it is. I can't even believe you're here. Oh, my God, look who it is. It's you. And he leaned into me and he goes, I'm blanking on the name. 
<laughs> and I go, Jimmy Fallon. He goes, that's right, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, my God. From behind, I thought it was K.D. Lang. <laughs> but look at you. And, and, and he was unbelievable. And he comes on the show, and he makes fun of me, and it's the funniest thing. I just love it. And I, I look forward to having him come on every single time he comes on. He goes, Jimmy, the last time I was on your show, there was a bunch of General Lee statues backstage. And they're not there anymore. What, what's changed? <laughs> what's he talking about? <laughs> I, what I like about when you see him with Steve Martin is you realize Steve Martin only wants to hear Marty do jokes. Yes. Like Steve Martin becomes audience when he's yeah, around yeah, Marty yeah, Short. Yeah. He sits next and watches and laughs. I was, and I know this is both name and location dropping, but I was once at Steve's apartment when Marty was there. We all know Steve has an incredible art collection. And Steve was just doing a bit where he was pointing at paintings and asking Marty to say everything he knew about the painting. <laughs> and he would say, Marty, tell us everything you know about this. He was, this is very embarrassing, Steve. You've hung this one upside down. <laughs> it is not the only one. Hey, guys. Name's Caden. Long time, first time. One thing you all share in common is a mug on your respected desks, minus John, because HBO doesn't want to let him get comfortable. That's right. My question, what is the preferred concoction in each of your mugs? That's a very talk show-y question. Yeah. Yes. First, yeah. Do you guys use the mugs? Yes. I have hot black coffee in my mug. It used to be a hot cup of black coffee because I usually take it with milk. I know this is a fascinating story. I usually take it with milk, but you know it gets a little clangy, you know, when I have milk yeah. during the show. So just hot. But you don't have hot coffee, like astringent on my mouth, and then I drank so much coffee that I started getting vertigo. I literally would want to <laughs> fall down during the monologue. What like, kind of coffee was that? Just anything that hurts your body. Yeah, I'm and so into now I'm decaf. Now it's that's a hot cup of decaf. Oh, which is up. I think uh, one of the kindest reviews of my show ever. A hot cup of decaf. <laughs> Seth, you have what? Water? Just water, and I never touch it. Jimmy? I do water, but I tried throat coat tea for a while. Oh, yeah, that's good. I don't like to drink water out of a mug. It just seems wrong. I like to drink water out of a glass, so I don't even... There is water in the mug, but I just let dust collect on the top of it. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, do you, Kimmel, do you remember when I did your show for our April Fool's show? Sure. This, your staff was so nice to me, and they were great. I, I love them. And they, we're, they were setting up and rehearsing, like, here's the desk, here's the cameras, here's the mug. This guy came over and he goes, here's your spit, your spit cup. Yeah, yeah. Have to have and I go, what's that? And he goes, over here's under the desk, here's your spit cup. I go, okay. And then we're going rehearsing, and I go, I'm sorry, can I just go back just for a minute? Did you say, here's my spit cup? Like, what does that mean? Does Jimmy chew tobacco? Yes, and I get to go through a whole can of school. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. I have a like a Yeti cooler bottle under my desk, and it has Crystal Light iced tea in it, which I drink all day long, like a jazzercise instructor from Crystal 1985. Crystal Light yeah. iced tea. Wow. I didn't even know they still made that. That's great. John, you have no mug at all, huh? No, because I just inhale at the start of the show, and then I try and do it in one breath, and then <laughs> exhale at the end. Free dive? That's it. Yeah, it's I basically free just, diving. You mentioned uh, throat coat, Jimmy. I will drink throat coat if I'm fighting a cold. And it's the most emasculating thing is yes. the crew guy who's in charge of putting my throat coat out because he <laughs> wants to let me know. Uh, and he always comes up to me before the show. Just want you to know you got your tea over there. It's right under the yep. throat coat. It's right there for you. Yep. It's the one thing on my rider doing stand-up is throat coat 
and that really is in the history of great stand-up riders cocaine <laughs> yeah. beer firearms throat coat <laughs> you can feel the contempt as they place it down on its own in a table here it is here's your special tea you <laughs> piece of shit do any of you use the entertainer's friend throat yeah. spray absolutely I've use used that i before. do little white bottles a- with a black top yeah, and it's got a, a sprayer that's like nine inches long. It goes down all the way down your throat. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like one of those old game show microphones. I tried to get it, and my pharmacist said he didn't consider me an entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, did your doctor have to sign off on you being medically an entertainer for him to honor that particular request? He did. He signed off on it, but I used that old Dr. Trump had. So they, he's so good. The oh. Doctor, I am kooky. Remember? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. He's dead now. Not according to him. <laughs> Nobody signed off. <laughs> Hi, guys. Longtime listener here. I've listened to each episode. Oh. My question is what is your favorite guitar solo? Thanks Ooh. for your time, Chad. <sighs> That's a biggie. I mean, obviously, there was a time when I used to catalog these. You know, when I was in college, it was important to have them ranked in my head. Mm. And I would say the first guitar solo from uh, Sympathy for the Devil, pretty good. I would say Dire Straits, Sultans of Swing. Mm -hmm. That first guitar solo is pretty great. And pretty much anything by Joe Walsh. Oh, that's mine. Life's been good to me, I Mm -hmm. think, is my favorite guitar solo. Yeah, that one. I love it. John, do you have a favorite guitar? I'll probably go John Squire of the Stone Roses on, on I Am the Resurrection. Or of Prince, maybe. The Purple Rain. Not familiar guitar. with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is this, an English artist? It's, no, it's Prince Charles. Oh, okay. He does, uh, oh. In the, uh, <laughs> no, he was between the, the third Stone Roses. and the fourth verse of God Save the Queen, he absolutely <laughs> unleashes, Shreds. but they never play the whole version. <laughs> It's too long. For like the Olympics, it's, it's too long. Have you seen his tiny sausage fingers, though? Yeah, but he plays with a broken bottle. It's, it's, it's oh. uncharacteristically <laughs> cool, honestly. Yeah, it's I, pretty cool. I'm not a fan of the monarchy or him as an individual, but he can fucking shred. Seth, guitar solo? I don't catalog those that way, but I will say, because you mentioned Prince, I was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction when he played the lick from While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Oh, that, that was, was legendary. Incredible. Wow. It's amazing, and it's, I'm not really a, a great concert goer, but that's the greatest thing I've ever seen live musically. And at the end, Prince just throws his guitar in the air. Yeah, yeah. And I, to amazing. this day, I've gone back and watched it on YouTube because I don't quite yeah. know who he was throwing it to or <laughs> why I didn't hear it <laughs> he hit does the ground. That. I think you just can't the believe it. You just can't. You go back and watch yeah. it. Watch uh, It's from a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. It's really one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Prince came on our show once, and he his guitar tech forgot his guitar. I'm not making this up, <laughs> which is hilarious. Forgot Prince's guitar with like the circle on it and everything. Yes, correct. So he he didn't bring Prince's. So Prince didn't have a guitar with him. So he asked Kirk from the Roots if he could borrow his guitar, and Kirk was honored. He was like, "Oh my gosh, of course Prince is going to play my guitar," and he plays an unbelievable solo. He's unbelievable. It's crazy, and he finishes the solo. He throws his guitar up in the air. <laughs> And no one's there to catch it, no, and it just shattered. <laughs> and it broke into two pieces, and Kirk's face went every, through every emotion. I was looking at his face because he was happy, almost crying. This is the best thing ever to, this is my, my this is just, you just broke my favorite guitar. And then Prince uh, got it repaired and paid for it, and uh, 
it, Kirk says that it sounds better than ever, but it's it's the craziest thing. So he the throws guitar, guitar tech, the guitar tech forgot the guitar, and then the guitar catcher just didn't show up. <laughs> there was a clear miscommunication. <laughs> Same guy. He forgot it twice. Strangely, I actually have pieces of Kirk's guitar. And this is true because I have it mounted on a board with his signature on it. You're, 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 you're Captain Kirk. Kirk Douglas? Uh, yeah, your guitarist yeah, Kirk. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. No way. He signed it, Captain Kirk, actually. Because when we did the show in Philadelphia with the, the Colbert Report, Philadelphia in 2008, Kirk and Questlove were the quote unquote the band for one night. So you, you were the first host to have the roots as a band? I don't like to brag, but I do brag all the time when you're <laughs> oh not around. God. Like, yeah, yeah, I kind of I kind of broke that idea. No, they, wow. they played for one night, and they started the show with the national anthem. And at the end of it, Kirk smashed his guitar, and I swept up the pieces, had him signed it, and I had it mounted on a board. I would say the best guitar solo, I think, one of the best. But let's go crazy, Prince. That oh, yeah. last lick, I yep. mean, it's almost like it makes you cry. And yeah. He's playing without, it's almost like he's not even touching, it's like part of his, like it's, it's another part of his body or something. It's crazy and he makes it scream. Did and this, then he's like, oh, I love did it. Did this it's family just, license that to a product of some kind during the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, like like six months after he died, suddenly Let's Go Crazy was like. Uh, crystal like, Light? Yeah, it was a Crystal <laughs> he Light <loved> commercial. Crystal. <laughs> 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 he loved it. He always loved Crystal Light. He loved Crystal Light. Speaking yeah. of delicious beverages, shall we uh, take a moment to hear from our friend Ryan Reynolds? Hold on one second. And I'm not saying yes. we shouldn't, and obviously yeah. you can cut out what I'm asking right now, but has this really been enough show to justify a commercial break at this point? I feel yeah, like well, it's been I, red I, hot. I think you should ask yourself that very question every <laughs> night, Stephen Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds with a special message from Aviation American Gin. Please don't give aviation gin to bears. That goes for koalas, pandas, grizzlies, all of them, really. While there have not been any reports of this happening as responsible spirit makers, we at Aviation want to get ahead of the issue. Aviation American Gin is made with cardamom, sarsaparilla, and two kinds of orange peels. So it's only natural that any living thing of legal drinking age with a mouth would want aviation inside of it. But please, not bears. So remember, don't leave Aviation Gin unattended at picnics. Don't bring Aviation Gin to zoos. And if a bear asks you for even one sip of Aviation American Gin, stop drinking immediately. Thank you. 100% grain neutral spirits, 42% alcohol by volume, Diageo, New York, New York. Thank you, Ryan, and thank you, <laughs> thank you, Ryan, the folks at uh, Aviation American Gin. This is from a gentleman named John Conquest, which is a spectacular name. What? Wow. High wow. Strike Force Five. All the talk about the Magic Hour on the podcast had me thinking about the original advertising for the show which used the tagline, 60 smiles per hour. Really <laughs> I was good. wondering if any of you have had taglines or considered having one for your shows in the past. Wait. I have. I don't know if you guys have, but go ahead. Wait, did, just going back to 60 smiles per hour, Seth, you said you, said you liked that. I think it's great. I think it speaks to a different era of television where you were allowed to have something like that on a poster. It's a less cynical time. But it seems to me like it implies that there's something about magic or the magic hour that also involves fast cars. And, and I don't make that leap. It also seems low. 
it seems like maybe you might want to have more than 60. <laughs> 90 smart. I think it's honest. I think he knew his limitations. <laughs> they actually had to, change, they basketball. had to change it every time they ran it. Someone would with a clicker would just count. <laughs> and once they got the 60, the show would end? I did a pilot for NBC and uh, shot it up in Toronto. Shout out to Canada. And um, we were about halfway through shooting it. And the, the executive producer came to me and uh, he goes, hey, NBC is here today. They're actually they're here. They're watching. They're watching the whole time. So keep that in mind. I'm like, okay, that's fine. He goes, they'd like you to smile more. And I said, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? And he goes, well, they're counting the number of times you smile. And I said, what? And he goes, well, how, what's the count? And, they sa- and he said, one and a half. <laughs> and I said, I've smiled. What's the half? And he goes, um, you didn't show your teeth. Your, your edges of your mouth went up, but no teeth. So they'd like to get, A, more teeth, and B, a higher smile rate per wow. scene. I said, got it. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs> got to get to 60. And it was a disaster. <laughs> uh, Kimmel, what was your slogan? Mine was, you may remember this because it was especially ridiculous considering the fact that there are two of us named Jimmy. It was, do you Jimmy? ABC came in with this <laughs> what? major... What does that mean? The wow. biggest ad campaign they've ever done for our show. Was, was there probably, a comma? Or, there's, no, there's no punctuation there. It's just, do you Jimmy? There's do no you comma. Jimmy? And they went around on the street asking people, where do you Jimmy? And they're like, I Jimmy in bed. Oh, I don't like that at all. And then they reco- <laughs> I oh, don't like Imagine how much I bit. liked it. And then they recorded, do you remember the Franz Ferdinand song? Take uh, Me Out? Was, but they recorded a version of, do you Jimmy? Do you do you Jimmy? And then they made thousands of shirts that said "Do you Jimmy" on them. Oh my! Do you God. still have some? I have a couple, and I'll try to find you one. I know that's up your alley. That would look my great. Fr- that would look great with Anastasio Samosa's pants. <laughs> it kind of would. I have a friend nicely. who runs a charity called Ubuntu in Kenya. He got a whole box of them. We send it to him, and he put them on every. He gave them to everyone, and I got wow. a, f- a photo. Like when the losing team in the Super Bowl, they printed up sure. shirts and they said, yeah. I got a photo of a whole village wearing Do You Jimmy shirts. It was, uh, boy, it was, uh, I'm glad to know you guys don't know about it, we, to be honest. Well, it, We've had a lot of t-shirts at various shows over the years. And at the old show, we had t-shirts printed up that said, like, property of Colbert Report graphics department. Something like that. It looked like, you know, a college athletic shirt. And I don't know, we printed too many of them or something. We had enough like to sell as opposed to what was supposed to be just a crew gift. And we didn't know what to do with all the leftover shirts. <laughs> and so somebody said, hey, why don't we just send them over like they do, like the, the football shirts for the Super Bowl and just give them to some you know village in Africa and we'll get a photo. And I said, let me tell you that I do not ever want to see a photo of an African village wearing shirts that say property of the Colbert Report. (laughs) Please, please do not do that. One thing you guys don't have that I have is a fellow late night host who's also represented at the network store because we have an NBC experience store in the building. And it's gutting how there's a Fallon wall and a solitary late night with Seth Meyers rack. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a mural of, of Fallon. Yeah, and then mine, You, I think a lot of people, if you have English as a second language, you might think the name of my show is 50% off. 
What does your shirt say? Do they do they glow in the dark? It's a closer look. Challenge. It says a closer look, right? It doesn't say closer look. But really they're just small. different. They're just late night with Seth Meyers. They're, I get it. Why don't you write a closer look really small letters so people can really look close? <laughs> like one of those co- joke t-shirts. If, you yeah, know what? If you're the one idea. who solves this problem, Jimmy, it's somehow even worse. <laughs> uh, do you remember, Seth, Tina Fey and I started Weekend Update. We thought we were like, how do we do it differently and what do we do? And so we thought we'd have a slogan. And it was, I, I want to say it was uh, it was my idea. I think it was cringy. Uh, and I, I think it was like, I'm Tina Fey. I'm Jimmy Fallon. And we, when we get together, it's news. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> it was terrible. That sounds like you're but, dating. Yeah. It, well, I th- at first, I think it was like, I'm a grizzled cop from Chicago, the blah, 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 and I'm an orphan boy who needs a father figure. And when we get together, it's news. And so that was kind of a joke there. And then that evolved. Doesn't seem closer to what? a joke no. to me. Hold on. That doesn't, that's even further away from a joke. <laughs> That's just a bad pitch for a crime-fighting duo. A grizzled uh-huh. cop from Chicago who's probably got some charges against him, and then an orphan child. From Victoria, London. How did London? the parents what? die? I want to know. Because <laughs> the grizzled cop probably shot them during a break. We, we started you guessing. I don't know if that's the exact joke. I was just, uh, you know, improvising. Like, you know, Tom, I'm Thomas, and I'm Thomas, and when we get together. All right. Hey, guys, long-time listener, first-time caller. This one's for everyone, but especially Mr. John Oliver. Did mm. you go see the Uh-oh. Queen Bee this summer at her Renaissance World Tour? And if so, what did you wear? I didn't. I've been. On, I've, I've missed. I've missed all of the dates. I've been on the road. I will say a bunch of our writers went, and they they wore some spectacular outfits. They put a lot of work into planning them, and multiple outfits as well for one concert. I couldn't have carried off a single item that they were wearing. Abby so. and I are going. We've got tickets to an upcoming show. Where are you going to go? I'm not going to tell you, but we are. We have tickets to an upcoming show. But I is don't there know. a dress code, Stephen? I, I, I feel the pressure to wear something special, but I don't do Because that. my wife went, and the dress code was silver. Everyone had to wear silver. And I was thinking, boy, I'm glad I wasn't invited. Just for that concert? Yeah, just for the concert. No, but like, is it silver every time? Like, should I wear, be wearing like a silver lame suit? What? Stephen, I don't how think can so. you say you don't know what to wear? What are Anastasio... Samosa's trousers for. <laughs> yeah, where are, are those, by the Beyonce. way? What are you talking about? You don't have anything to yeah, wear. That's exactly what you should wear to Beyonce. You never have nothing to wear. <laughs> you don't, you don't, anyone, don't get to say They're that. Back in New, I'm not back in New Jersey yet. They're back in New Jersey. Then get them flown in. All Respect right. the concert she's putting on and wear a Nicaraguan dictator's pants. <laughs> they could have walked to you by now, Stephen. Are you by saving the way, them for the I've last show? I've a lot of letters from people about those pants going, you should give them back to the Somoza family. I'm like, I don't think they want them. Wait, do we After talk about... seeing Beyonce in concert, I'll go, I, I'll go to New Jersey now and I'll rifle through your house and find them. I'm pretty <laughs> no, sure... Do- have we talked about the the Wikipedia page yet? No. <laughs> that's good. It's the funniest thing I've I'll ever pull seen. It up. Or somebody Who else should that? pull it up. I'm not sure whether that's appropriate. One of the listeners did it. He admitted to having done it in an email. <laughs> he did the right thing. This listener did the right thing. It made me laugh. It was in Somoza's so, Wikipedia page. It now says, under personal life for Anastasio Somoza, under early years, <laughs> it says... Samosa attended LaSalle Military Academy with Lieutenant Andrew Edward Tuck III, uncle of American comedian Stephen Colbert, and would stay at the family home in Larchmont, which led to him going on several dates with Colbert's mother, Lorna. I had a Zoom with my brothers and sisters last weekend, and they took it pretty well, I gotta say. That's good. 
They they took it they pretty did. well. Generally, mom would be fine with people talking about it. You know, she lived a very full life. That's clear. The craziest thing, uh, I mean, she had 11 children. That's pretty crazy. But other than that, that's pretty yeah, crazy. Probably the craziest thing she ever did. Craziest thing your mother ever did. Craziest thing. I mean, my mom was a nun, so. Yeah, she well, wasn't. Speaking of me, nuns, she wasn't somebody nun. sent in a, a note that said, <laughs> why would nuns ever shave their leg? Why would they shave their legs? And it's a very good question. Another reference to an earlier yeah. yes. show. Because we were mentioning how the hair would poke out of Sister Carmelita's white tights. This isn't a crazy thing my mom did, but a crazy coincidence is when my mom was young, she was in a local theater production of Pills of Poppin' with John Mulaney's grandmother. I think oh, that was wow. a, What? Isn't that crazy? In Marblehead, Massachusetts. When did you wow. work that out? John Mulaney's grandmother remembered. Remembered my mother and put it together when she read in an interview that I, my mom was from Marblehead, Massachusetts. Holy shit, I shared a stage with Hillary. I know that boy. Isn't that crazy? Directed by crazy. Tommy Toon. That's the other crazy detail. Wow. Wow. There you go. Seth, do you remember one time I went to Second City in Chicago and just to go just to watch and they were like, do you want to get up and improvise? You know, because they know me from, I can make up names and stuff. If you, <laughs> stuff like that. I'm their go-to. Hi, I'm Thomas. <laughs> Thomas is one of my hits. I've come to fix your Thomas. I, I usually close Can I get Thomas. a letter between T, U, and V? Uh, and so I went up and I, and I improvised and I, and I improvised with a very funny young man named Seth Myers. We that's we right. improvised together. Way back before. First, first time I met you. That is yeah, the first time. Yeah, that's Do well, a do you little of the... Do some of it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I remember most of Come it. Come on, guys. <laughs> what were we doing? I forget what we were doing. We were I don't remember either. No, but it was fun. My voice keeps going into a monster voice. Oh boy. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. This is weird. I'm sorry. Are you, you really have no control over this? I'm, I didn't. No, I didn't do this. Come on. <laughs> no, now it's off. Oh, it's off. Someone, oh. No, now it's on. I, someone else is controlling. Who's mad? Someone mad? Who's doing this? This is Jimmy Fallon's voice. You're hearing something strange has happened. We don't this know. This is. I feel like someone. <laughs> Someone involved the with dancer, the show. A dancer for money. So I'm not doing this. I don't know what's happening. It's got to be Kimmel. I, I, I wish I could. I had that kind of control. Oh my gosh! I don't know what to do. It's don't a, touch anything, Jimmy. No. Just don't touch. I didn't. I, didn't touch I, see, I see a button with a Frankenstein head on it, and every time I hit <laughs> no, it, I didn't do it. It just turns on. It was just turned on out of nowhere. <laughs> Frankenstein head. <laughs> Question, dear Strike Force Five, can you please share a peak or favorite moment when you were blah 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 had uh, was laughing uncontrollably? This is the sort of thing that I think people love seeing on television shows where you got something planned. And Jimmy, you laugh often in the middle, like Saturday Night Live sketches. You would break up. Can you think of something from your show and all of your shows that would fit the that category? I'm not kidding. I, I don't know what's going on. Oh, come on. Is that real? I'm not making this up, dudes. I swear to God. I feel like you're going to make my skin into a lamp. <laughs> I want to take a picture of what I'm looking at. Can I move my... <laughs> what? I don't know what to do, man. Like, what do I... I don't know. I 
don't know how to turn it off. This must be the wait, strangest wait. technical. Hello? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's back. you now. Yeah. I, I'm not touching any of these drum pads, or whatever. But you've been hacked. It says FX Monster. Let's keep your hands where I can see them. And let's keep them at ten and two for the rest of the podcast. Why would please. I turn that? Uh, this is just uh, I. I got to update my thing or something. But yeah, Jimmy, uh, that's so funny. I I've never really laughed, maybe once or twice. We had one of those nights where there was nothing really going on. It was some time ago. The show was live and. We had a runner throughout the show. It was called Celebrity in a Box. We had a big cardboard box out front of the theater and a little hole cut where the mouth is. And then it was like 20 <laughs> questions. You had to guess who the celebrity in the box was. And they're out on the street. And this was supposed to last us through the whole show. And I didn't know who the celebrity was. And my cousin Sal was out there with a microphone. And again, we had a lot of the show riding on this bit. And before I asked for... The first question, my cousin Sal goes, it's Barry Williams from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> he just blows it. And I, I couldn't stop him. Nailed it? <laughs> he ruined No, no. He didn't guess. He knew. He ruined it. In intentionally ruined it. <laughs> he intentionally torpedoed the bit. And is this when you were live still? We were live, and we. And I was, that is I mean. blame myself because I should know better than to put him in charge of something. And yeah, that <laughs> one was one that I had a hard time recovering from. The first time I started uh, that I broke was the uh, uh, cowbell sketch with Christopher Walken and Will Ferrell. Yeah. Who's uh, you know, and I was it was my maybe my third or fourth show or something. I was brand new on Sarant Live. Drummer acting. I I was the drummer, and yeah. my big bit, <laughs> my big bit was that I was going to hit the sticks. Before we lip sync the so I would hit the sticks like, and then lip sync the song, whatever, and then uh, Will would do his thing and hit the cowbell. And it was funny and it was good during dress, it was fine, but we didn't even know if it was gonna make it to air. And so when it aired, I think it was at the end of the show, like when all the weird sketches happened, and it was the end of the show, and Will, Will had like his gut would come out when he lifted his arms up so his stomach would kind of hang out. It was funny. On air, he wore a smaller shirt, and he was more insane. And Christopher Walken was double Christopher Walken on air. So he was, you know, doing almost an impression of himself. He wasn't even speaking like a human would speak. Everyone was on fire. It was the funniest thing ever. And then I had my one line, and right before I was about to say my one line, Chris Kattan and Will pushed each other like or something in the scene, and Chris Kattan knocked Will's sunglasses off. And Will looked at me, and I saw the eyes of a crazy man. Like, his eyes were, like, spinning. Like, it was not. And I just, I got, my body got, I started sweating. I started laughing. It was the funniest thing ever. And then we finished the sketch, and, you know, it is what it is. And I remember Lauren was uh, upset, and McKay was mad, and all the writers were mad. And I go, I, got, I thought it was funny. And they go, you can't laugh if you're in the sketch, you idiot. You're, you're in it. I go, I know, but it was funny. They go, you can't laugh if you're in the sketch. But this ruins the whole thing. I'm sorry. Uh, but that was... So then Will that's why that no one enjoys that sketch. Yeah. <laughs> All these years later. Yeah. And no one ever saw it again. No. Uh, then Will would try to make me laugh because he knew I was an easy laugh. You know, and so he would go out of his way, or Molly, or, you know, uh, they would go out of their way to make me laugh because I, I would just start laughing. But we would do a sketch in a hot tub it was very funny. It was Rachel Drash and Will Ferrell, uh, and they were weirdos, and they would always 
come like I was a, always like a single guy in a hot tub and then they would come and sit in the hot tub next to me and they'd be gross and every time I talked Will would put his under the water would squeeze my leg every time I would talk so I would just start laughing and so I laughed in that one and so it became kind of my thing but not on purpose I didn't want it to be my thing Dratch is the person I have that problem with she plays my wife on the show every now and then Wanda Joe, and uh, I can't look at her face when she's talking without breaking so now I look just I look just be just above her head my <laughs> eyeline never matches because I'm desperately trying not harder. to look at her because I cannot do it <laughs> she's too funny to me I would say Dratch has the biggest eyes and Farrell has the littlest Farrell's eyes are tiny and it's I know yeah. you mean Will uh, Jimmy when you make eye contact with Will on stage Killed it's me. Re- they're like dead eyed when he wants them to be in a way that is deeply funny to look he, at. He is unbelievable to work with. He's so funny. And do you remember we did a, a sketch once where it was like a fashion, uh, it was called Jeffrey's. It was like a, a shopping store, like high end shopping. Wait and a minute. He, what is this? A shopping store? Hold on. I got to write this down. A <laughs> <laughs> shopping store. It was called Shopping Store. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is before the, the internet. You'd yeah, have to go to that. shopping stores. <laughs> 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 Hello, I, I, I'd like to buy something. I'm sorry, this isn't a shopping store. This is merely a store. You're allowed to look this at things. Clothing store is what I meant. Like a men's clothing store, not a shopping store. Yeah. Based a on a real store. place called Jeffrey's. <laughs> it wasn't kind of, but it was. It was before Jeffrey's existed. It was like a, Jeffrey was about to become a place, but I don't know. Anyway, but it was like a high end and they don't like customers and blah, blah, blah. And Will Ferrell is playing this <laughs> manager. And at the end, he's going to leave in a jet pack and he's going to fly out and he's on wires. And around that time, he was training for a marathon. Do you remember this, Seth? Yeah, I do. And he had, like, he, his legs were, like, chafed or whatever. I don't know what you called that. He was running, like, 18 miles a day. His inner thighs were, like, bloody. And we had him in this harness for this dumb sketch. And he was up in these wires. And it was just made me laugh. He was in so much pain. Uh, <laughs> and he had to just act through the sketch and be funny. But it was, it would make, it was just making me laugh. <laughs> And I there, knew he was in so much pain. There are certain guests that when they walk out, I can't help but start laughing because I like that moment when they walk out and you have that kind of game face on, and like Zach Galifianakis or Will Arnett is another one that I just take a look at them and I start, I can't help but laugh right away. They're already doing bits walking out. Mar- Marty Short? Yeah, Marty, Marty Short is one of those people. He comes out and you know that it's going to be, he's already doing a bit. It's already funny. The hardest. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, please. No, Seth, please. I was just going to say the hardest I think I laughed on the show was the worst a joke ever went. It was just a monologue joke about it. after a decades-long search, a 82-year-old woman found her 98-year-old birth mother or something like that. And then the punchline was, unfortunately, she found her in heaven. And <laughs> the audience made the opposite of noise. It was like the sound of laughter going back in. It was... <gasps> yeah. And I couldn't stop laughing because I couldn't believe after all these years I thought it would have worked. Yeah. Our editors will sometimes do freeze frames as they're putting the show together after the fact to show me how happy I am in the second after a joke bombs. And they're right. <laughs> it's almost like a picture. I'm, like, I'm glowing somehow for that split second. As happy as I ever get is when a joke is absolutely exploding on the floor in a, in a room. I feel the same way. I'm imagining the writers back there yes, kind of exactly. watching it. and Exactly. It's the best. I will occasionally, like- we have this thing, we have uh, sometimes my, my writers, my producers will say, hey, Bernie Sandwiches, 
because we had some, some reporter called him Birdie Sandwiches by accident in the 2016 campaign. And they had this long thing about like, he's a hero. I'm bringing all these sandwiches out. Like, you know, and I don't want to. I don't want to grill you over whatever. It was like all just puns as I brought out like 50 different types of sandwiches. Like, you know, he's going to end yeah. the embargo against the Cuban, whatever. It was terrible. <laughs> and the, the staff and the writers loved it so much. And I went, I'm not doing Bernie sandwiches. And there was a huge hue and cry at rehearsal. I mean, like booing from the staff. And I went, okay, I'll do Bernie sandwiches. And of course, Bernie sandwiches kills. And so... After that, they're like, hey, Bernie Sandwiches. <laughs> and so not once since Bernie Sandwiches has invoking Bernie Sandwiches make the joke work. Like, I never don't go for the joke. I always go at it 100%. And nothing makes me happier than if somebody goes, hey, I'm telling you, you're wrong on this one. Whatever your occipital Rolodex of like 50,000 hours in your head is wrong this time, this is going to work. And then <laughs> when it doesn't go anywhere, I just love looking over at the at the little podium over there where one of the people who fought for the joke is standing. And I go, ha, ah, how you feeling? How are you there doing? You how are you doing? And then I do this action, check, check. I do a little a little, little cut action like that. And yeah. if you watch my monologue, if you ever see me do this with my fingers, that means the joke right before that, little, little scissor with my fingers, the joke right before that was taken out. Do you cut, <laughs> do you cut many monologue jokes? A uh, mm, couple of week, probably. Okay. Couple of week. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. I, uh, you guys I never cut had... a monologue joke? I feel I should be punished for them. Almost never, yeah. Wow. Yeah, never. Yeah. I mean, I think also the, the longer you do the show, the more fun it is to just call out the writer by name. Yeah, I can't bring them. myself to do that. I'm I think, afraid by they the might way, take it personally. They don't take it personally. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> they love getting their name out there. You go, yeah, you wrote that one, man. You know they're laughing, watching you squirm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, we had Bradley Cooper on the show once, and we we did a bit before he was on for Elephant Man on Broadway, and so we're about to get into that. And uh, obviously, the story of Elephant Man is Who very is this? Uh, funny. Bradley Cooper. Cooper, okay. And so we did a bit where we were wearing those, you know, those hats that have like kind of Guy Fieri or like dyed uh, spiky hair, like fake hair under. It looks like you're wearing a like a visor. A visor, yeah, yeah. With, like comedy wig in the visor. So we did some bit where we were wearing those. And then I forgot to take off the wigs, and I just kind of went right back, right into it. Let's talk about Elephant Man. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I, I had Callista Flockhart on the show, and that's not an easy name. Mm. No. Especially when the show's live. Callista Flockhart. And I called her. We'll be back with Clit. I said Clit Flockhart. And I was so embarrassed. And I didn't do this as a bit. I finally just decided to get under my desk. It was so embarrassing. Again, again, live. Again, live? <laughs> live, yeah. You're under your desk next to a, uh, a cooler of uh, crystal light. I mean, the fact that you wanted to keep doing it live when you had to white-knuckle Callista. Hey, I got to tell you something. When we were live, I often at that time was so frazzled that I couldn't remember the guests' names. And to this day, I have a card right next to the monitor that has three things on it. And that, those are the names of the guests that night. It's in the prompter for me. It's always in the prompter, the person's name. Is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did they notice that ever? Nope. 
I mean, I don't know. They've never said, why is my name in the prompter? <laughs> Do you ever have uh, people's names phonetically spelled? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, it almost never works for me, though, because I can work out, like, what someone's name is if somebody tells me. But if it's phonetically, I'm, I'm always going... I read it like someone who's just learned to read. Yeah. The other problem, I don't know if this happens for you guys, is you can have it spelled phonetically, but at the end of their segment, you can't on the card that you're reading saying thanks to my guest have it spelled phonetically anymore or else they'll see that it's spelled phonetically. So often I'll have yes. phonetically at the top of the act and then the whole act, I'm in my head about the fact <laughs> that I gotta fly blind. Yeah, me too. Hundred percent. It's a me hard too. job, guys. This is a really, really hard <laughs> job. You gotta say names. You, you gotta know. not laugh. Yeah. Readings, readings hard. The reading is hard. The first time Simu Liu was on the show, it was spelled phonetically Simu Liu, and I said to him, I go, and I just left it up on the on the uh, prompter that his name is phonetically spelled. And I go, uh, and he was a great guest, and he was so fun, and he was about to, you know, star in this giant Marvel movie, and I go, blah, 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 I go, yeah, I hope, I hope you go uh, far in your career, and good luck, and he goes, I hope the next time I come on, you don't need to spell my name phonetically. <laughs> <laughs> he called me out, and good he's for him. Good and for he's him. like, now, he's definitely on his second language, probably more, so he's probably a little insulted <laughs> that he couldn't even learn the one word. I had that uh, prop, I had that prop, comic uh, clit fart cock on <laughs> and I, I accidentally called him Callista Flockhart yeah <laughs> that's f and then you fell and you, you were laughing <laughs> and then I was laughing hey should we take a break for a commercial from our friend Ryan Reynolds oh yeah let's do it hello again it's Ryan Reynolds owner of Mint Mobile and relatively proud sponsor of Strike Force 5 as you may have heard the guys have been goofing around with those AI voice programs on the podcast the little scamps even use one to make it sound like I said a bunch of silly stuff I would never actually say. It was a bit juvenile and honestly pretty on brand for those unemployed moose knuckles, but I didn't care. In fact, I love AI so much, I created the Mint Mobot to help me tell you about Mint Mobile. Hello, Mint Mobot. Hello, beloved movie star, Ryan Reynolds. Would you like to hear a late night style joke? Why, yes, I would love to. A guy calls a plumber because his toilet is clogged and won't flush. Do you know what was in there? What? <laughs> the ratings for every late night talk show. Wow, that's a little harsh, uh, Mobot. These are the guys who do the very podcast we're on right that's now. Funny. Knock, knock. Who's there? That lazy host. That lazy host who? That lazy host who does his monologue sitting at a desk like the assistant manager at a bank. You know the one. Okay, now, hold on. To be clear, that is, that's the AI talking, not me. But back to Mint Mobile. For a limited time, we're offering premium unlimited wireless for just $15 a month. Okay, one more. If a tree falls in a forest and no one hears it. That tree still has more listeners than the Strike Force 5 podcast. Okay, again, that is, that's 100% the AI and not at all a reflection of my personal views. So please go to mintmobile.com slash strikeforce to learn more. Now back to you, losers. $45 upfront required plus taxes and fees. Three-month promo rate renews at full price. Limited time for new customers only. Data speeds reduced after 40 gigabytes per month for unlimited. Video streams at 480p. Visit mintmobile.com. <laughs> I feel like good. AI singled me out. Yeah. 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 It's funny. been gunning for you for quite some time, Seth. You know, it's all fun and game when we're painted with one brush, but when AI singles you out, mm. I don't enjoy it. 
Well, that's why we're fighting so hard against it. I think um, that's nice why name. we're out there picketing. <laughs> yeah. One last yeah. question, you guys. Uh, yeah. Game, you got yeah. time? Sure. This is not a question, but a request. Could you each pick your favorite film that you appeared in and then rank them best to worst? <laughs> I, I rank all of the films I've been in worst. They're all. I've got some. They're all the worst the film I've ever. Weren't you in Lord in. of the Rings though? Uh, I was in The Hobbit. That's probably oh, the best the one. I was in The Hobbit: uh, Desolation Amazing. of Smog, season uh, episode two of that of that trilogy. Me and my boys and and my wife's butt. Jimmy's got almost famous. Come almost on. famous. That's got to be number one, right? That's well, the I number mean, one I, of all of us. My career, you know, film career is just kind of getting started. I think. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're on a different page than the rest of us who realize <laughs> that the door is shut. You're saying no. No, this yeah, is a no, this, I'm open to, the to more time. roles. Yeah. Sequel to Taxi. Uh, John, present a movie title and we'll rank these. Uh, I mean, I've really not been in many. I was in The Love Guru and that's basically it. I was no, in The what? Love Guru. Hold on. So that's first. I think that's the so last my best, movie I was in. It's my best and worst movie is The Love Guru. I'm Lion done. King, though. Lion, Lion King. King. Oh, I was in that. I wasn't that. Yeah. I haven't Ooh, seen that yet. Lion King. Yeah. No, Smurfs. Yeah. You were in a Smurf um, movie. I was. I was, I was, in, I was in, in the. I was in a Smurf movie too. I was Vanity okay. Smurf. Yes. Yeah. I was passive aggressive Smurf. Okay. For me, I was in um, the Paw Patrol movie. You, oh, which you you do my kids' favorite line. Oh, they really? Every single time at that. Dare well, I say it? Yeah, go poop. ahead. Yeah, that's that's poop. your line. You say, "Dare I say it?" Poop. And they will make sure everyone is quiet. Wow. Well, and they explode with laughter every time. Well, they'll be happy to know your children that uh, I was picking my kids up from school the other day and I saw the Billboard new Paw Patrol movie. And that's when I realized I hadn't been asked back. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I found out. Similarly, I believe there's another Lion King movie and they haven't been in touch yet. So maybe they've gone back to Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> and now, Jimmy, your agent called you and said, uh, hey, stay off Sunset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he said, you know what, baby? That's not right there. That's not how it's supposed to be handled. It's, I am going to call them. I, as far as I know, did not ever call them. Uh, John Stewart and I were offered the parts of, in Happy Feet 2, we were offered the parts of these two krill, like these two little, like, tiny, tiny shrimp that, I don't know what they do. And John said, uh, hey, uh, do you want to do this? And I said, ah, I didn't really enjoy Happy Feet that much. I don't really want to do Happy Feet 2. He goes, all right, we don't have to do it. And who they gave the parts to? Matt Damon and Brad Pitt. Wow. We said wow. no. And they, they, they get the scripts we throw out the window. Wow. Yeah. You should. Exactly. Wow. Do you think the whole day they were there, they were like, can you fucking believe <laughs> how we landed on our feet with the no from Stuart and Colbert? And we talk about backing into a win. Do we have time to talk about, like, Matt Damon? That uh, oh, no, no, we definitely don't, do not have time for that. <laughs> I have a few um, anecdotes, no? Are we really? No, on? Everything no, no, no. Do we have fact, time to uh, talk about, like, getting the phone call to, like, get the job in late night? In fact, or do you see me too? doing the little snipping um, no. uh, signal fingers. right now? That Cold means we cut the words yeah. Matt and Damon out <laughs> so of the show. These little action right here, this is what... I'm going to say thank you to Ryan Reynolds, the gang at Mint Mobile, Aviation American Gin, and all our sponsors for supporting our staffs. I want to thank Bill Simmons, who really helped put this together for uh, Spotify. Thank you, sports guy. And thanks to our producers, Mike Chaffee, Max Shadler. Thanks for listening, and happy birthday to James Thomas Fallon, Fallon not Jr., <laughs> Fafon. Uh, James Fafon. 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 He's going with the Italian Fafon. now. Now Callista makes sense.
Valian. <laughs> Valian the Stallion. Uh. <laughs>